Good morning and welcome to a Tuesday, June 15th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. Uh, we're delighted that you've joined us today. And uh, we'd like to let, let you know right off the bat that our subject today is going to be a warning to those in the pulpit of today's churches. A warning, not from us, but from God and his word. The, the apostasy and heresy and falling away is uh, occurring at such a rapid rate that uh, it's time for us to move past uh, reproving. We just need to rebuke and exhort. And uh, we're actually moving straight toward the exhortation in this segment. Uh, so, pastors, if you're out there and you're listening, this is uh, your chance to shut it off if you don't want to hear it. But if you do that, you do that at your own peril. This is a warning from God's word, not from Kurt, not from Pastor Dick, from God's word. Pastors, listen up. Pastor Chamberlain, the microphone is yours. The, um, the title for this, we'll call it a series because it's becoming a series. We started with the great perversion or preview of coming attractions, if you can call it that. Now, understand this, that the perversion, the great perversion began in the Garden of Eden when Satan made his first attack and it was on the word of God. He told Eve, thou shalt not surely die in and, direct contravention with what god had told Eve and indirect and and, and, uh, and, and um, so uh this great perversion is nothing new it's it's been it's been going on since the garden of eden now we read a lot of verses in our last uh, podcast from the book of jeremiah some from the book of ezekiel and some from the new testament and we'll always, we promise you, we'll always be uh, scriptural in what we do. Uh, we have to be, otherwise we'd be lying. So um, we just want to pick up um, this, uh, 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 this program of perversion. And, um, and here's why we're doing it. Uh, Curtis and I have, um, have, well, we've not agonized, but we've, uh, we tried to find a way of presenting this to you in, in a way that um, will be uh, maybe offensive to some, but uh, we don't want to offend you because we are using the, the word of God. So let's just be clear. The great perversion began in the Garden of Eden, but it has been propagated, sadly, 
in, in our present times and through Old Testament times by the prophets, the priests, the pastors. Mm-hmm. In today's day and age of grace, it starts with the pulpit. Yep. It really does. And we look at this as a, as a command from God to warn you about this perversion. And we're going to be absolutely scriptural about warning you. I want to read to you something from the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 20, mm-hmm. Paul says this. Which verse? Well, we'll begin reading with verse 27 and we'll and we'll highlight verse 31. Paul said this, I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers. Now that's us. That's us preachers and pastors and prophets made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Did you see the word perverse? Gee, it's pretty clear right there. Verse 30. And then verse 31, Paul sums it up. He says, therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And I must tell you that it's not easy thing to do to warn people night and day with tears. But that's not all. First Corinthians um, chapter four, did I say, Curtis? I think so. Chapter four. We'll read verse um, 11 and, and finish with verse 14. It says, even unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and we have no certain dwelling place and labor working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless you. Being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world and are offscoring of all things unto this day. He's talking about those preachers. He says, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. Wow. A warning to the overseers. Colossians chapter 1 verse 28 Colossians 1 28 he says talking about um, uh, the the Christ which he preaches and, and he says which is Christ in you the hope of glory whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving to do his working, 
which worketh in me mightily. So what's working in God mightily in us is that we need to warn people about the great perversion. Turn to 1 Thessalonians, please, chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5. He says, now we exhort you, brethren. This is verse 14. 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, Comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. Who are the unruly? Those who don't follow the rules. And where are the rules? That's found in the word of God. So. Yes. If I'm a pastor. Yep. And I think personally that we ought to, we ought to be more accepting of homosexuals in our church. Absolutely. Or, or be more accepting of, of women in the pulpit, uh, usurping authority over the men. Uh, that, that, that would be uh, considered unruly? Yes. Why? Because God said, I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man. Oh, so that that's a that's kind of a simple example, isn't that's it? That's right. And and then we see that the, in in the book of Romans chapter 1 that, that the great perversion is is listed there and it talks about men working with men that which is unseemly. Okay. Even the women did change the nature of the uh, to, uh, the natural use of their body. So that's a sin that's considered grievous. In the so ho homosexuality, an abomination. And homosexuality and lesbianism—that's correct. So if, if you're a pastor and you allow that in your church, then you're being unruly. Now, if you're a homosexual or a lesbian, find a good Bible-preaching, fundamental, independent uh, church with some courage, and get the truth. And or you have some courage and or, get the truth. Or listen to us and get the truth. Right. Thy word is truth, Jesus said in John chapter 17. And that's when we, so far, all we've been doing is warning you from the word of God about perverse things that are happening. Now, I want you to know that probably we each have pastors that we love. Oh, yeah. That may be listening. Oh, yeah. Uh, pa a past and present. A past and present. That's right. Yeah. Now, Curtis um, has been telling me, and Pastor Danny Wood, if you're listening. Pastor Danny Wood of West Sherman Baptist Church in Sherman, Texas. I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm almost tired of hearing about you, but Curtis just, <laughs> Curtis just praises you to the hills. You're a man of God, That's right. and you're doing it right, He's rightly pastored. dividing the word of truth. He has pastored West Sherman Baptist Church for many, many years, almost 40, I believe. That's right. A little over 40. Yeah. And uh, he has held the line against what the Southern Baptist Convention is wanting to do these days. Oh, well, we'll hit on that. In, and and in, it's, it's been a yeah. battle. We're going to hit and on that. He has been a faithful man of God. Yeah. I, I, I love him and I appreciate him. There's some perversion going on in the SBC, folks. Oh, okay. that's putting it mildly. And, and we're going to warn you, and we'll probably take a lot of heat and criticism for it. But Oh, well. But, but we're going to do it scripturally. That's right. Well, in love. That's right. That's right. And long-suffering. We're going to do it that way. 
but I, I got to tell you. And then, and then my pastor here in central Illinois, uh, pastor Joey Watt, um, when, whenever someone says we can't find a good church to go to, I'll tell you where to go. El Vista Baptist church yeah. in Peoria, Illinois, yeah. where pastor Joey Watt absolutely totally and always holds forth the word of God right. in spirit and in truth. Amen. And he does what we're doing today. He'll warn you. Yep. Yep. And he does it without fear. That's and, right. and by golly, I love the man. Uh, and while due to some health reasons, we can't go to church everywhere and every week, we love that man and extol his virtues because he does it right the people in the pews at elvis the baptist church get it and i'm happy for it but sadly sadly what's happening in our churches is well let's let's start out by saying it's an absence of the word of god what sure Sure. In church, there's an absence of the word of God. That's right. In church. That's right. And that's what's happening. And and by the way, let me refer you to a booklet that I wrote. Uh, we haven't made it available uh, to purchase yet, uh, but we're working on it. But we did this in a podcast on October 31st, mm -hmm. 2020. And, uh, and it was about, and, and it was entitled The Word god is and we went over 15 things which is also the title of the booklet that you're that's wrote. entitled that's the book booklet type and we we outlined 16 things that the word of god is and we can't we're just i just scratched the surface on it oh yeah, yeah. 16 things that the word of god is and we concluded that study by by what should we do with the word of God? And here's what we should do with it, folks. You find yourself first at church that, that loves the word of God, but here's what we need need to do as newborn babes. Desire the sincere milk of the word. By the way, why why milk? Well, well, when you're a baby, you don't have any teeth. No teeth. And when babies cry, why do they cry most often? Because they're, they're hungry. Yeah, they're hungry. So we gotta feed them milk. They don't have any teeth yet. Mm -hmm. And so we should be just like those newborn babes, desire it, cry for it. Yeah. Then we should, and then when we get it, we should delight in it. Um, in, in, in Psalm chapter one, the blessed man's delight is in the law of the Lord. Uh, in, in Psalm 119, 16, he says, I will delight myself in thy statutes. Uh, and, and we should have pleasure in the word. We should rightly divide it. We should study to show ourselves approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We should do the word of God. James 1.22 says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. We should diligently meditate in it. And that goes back to Psalm chapter 1, verse 2. It says, In, in his word we, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. We should persist in the word of God. And then we should, Curtis, and this is what we need to keep in our minds all the time uh, as presenters of the word of God, we should dutifully declare it, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, whether it's convenient, whether it's inconvenient, mm -hmm. whether it's offensive, we have to, it's our job. So having done that, 
we're going to take a look at why some of these perverse things are happening. We need to. Because we need to examine it pretty closely. Because first of all, we don't honor the word of God. We don't honor the Bible. Can I quote the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you think that would be a good? Would, would you do that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you think he'd be a good authority on the word of God? Well, let's see. He was the son of God. Um, he was God in the flesh. God in the flesh. He was full of grace and truth. He is the word made flesh. He, he, that's right. He was uh, the word made flesh. I think it would be safe to quote Jesus Christ. Well, let's do Matthew chapter 4. Uh, out of the King James Version. Uh, yeah. Uh, here's what here's what Jesus told Satan. This is what he told Satan. Mm -hmm. He said, as is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Folks, Old Testament and New Testament. By the way, can I tell you what it doesn't include? The Book of Mormon and the Apocrypha. More to be said about that later, so, so be listening. Oh, by the way, <coughs> pardon me, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3 says the same thing. That man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If God says it once, it's true. And if he says it twice, it's absolutely confirmed. Right. That's right. And so, uh, but but now we're told not to add unto his words or detract from it. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 2 says it very, very plainly. We're not to add to his word of God nor take away from it. Proverbs 30, verse 6 says, Add thou not unto his word, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. And so we have got to warn people day and night with tears from the very word of God, which is the Bible. The, the Bible is inspired by God. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it's the very breath of God. Psalm chapter 12, verse 6 says, every word, the words of God, the Lord are pure words. Proverbs 30 says, every word of God is pure. Psalm 119, verse 89 says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It was complete and perfect. Uh, in God's mind before a man uh, uh, took his pen and hit the parchment with it. Psalm 119, verse 89. I love Psalm 119. I have entitled it in my Bible, the word chapter. In Psalm 119, 105, it says, The entrance of thy word giveth light. Without the word of God, your soul and spirit is in darkness. I'll tell you, in Psalm 119, um, uh, did I say that was verse 130? The entrance of thy word giveth light. Psalm 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Folks, things get perverted in the church of Jesus Christ when there's a regular, uh, repeated absence of the word of God. We have gone from wordliness to worldliness. Wordliness, capital W. Capital W. That's uh, right. And that's what's happening in our churches today. So, so let, Pastor, let me ask you a quick question here. Like, yeah. 
while you're on that point. Uh, if there's an absence of the word of God in church, well, what's going, what's being presented then? What's being prevented? No, what's being presented in church? Opinion. Opinion. Whose? Man's. Isn't that amazing? What authority does man have to do that? None. So if they're doing that, that's considered that would be considered unruly, wouldn't it? Yeah, and we would stay warning them, stop it. What would have happened? Remember grade school? Yeah, I remember it. Some okay. Of it. Do you, was there ever a time where you yourself or or maybe one of your classmates was unruly? Ah, spanking. What did the teacher do? Admonished us. Publicly. Us. Yeah. By the way, we got a warning first. And sometimes embarrassed you, didn't, didn't they? And I, I was embarrassed. Made once an example of you. Once or twice. What do you think God's going to do to people, oh. to pastors who are uh, leading the, uh, the flock astray and being unruly yeah. and not teaching God's word, but but teaching an abject opinion of their own. Um, I don't think there's a place hotter than God has prepared for them that do that. And, and, and hey, pastors, this is part of the warning. It's in there. Read it. Read it. Preach it. Do it. Practice it. Uh, love it. Um, please, please do it. Wow. Yeah. All these things that we've talked to you about, uh, about the word of God. First Peter chapter one, verse 25 says the word of the Lord endureth forever. And that's the only thing that does folks. You'll have, you'll have eternal life the moment you believe, but yet you have to believe the word of God. I tell you what, the word of God is the sword of the spirit and says in Ephesians 16, by the way, in Romans 10, verse 17, it says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you withhold the word of God, if you pervert the word of God, how, how are people going to have faith and how is that faith going to come and keep on coming yeah. unless you keep on preaching. If you're promoting your own opinion, pastor, over the word of God. That's a shame. That's a shame. That's it is right. a shame. And, and why do we do this? Second Timothy 2.9 says, the word of God is not bound. So why are you trying to bind it in your pulpit? Because you see, what happens in the pulpit transfers to the pew. Yeah, that's logical. I mean, that's that's how. Now here's now here's the problem we have in the churches today, uh, since there's an, a, a somewhat absence now uh, of the of the true preaching Huge of absence. the Word of God. Then then we have weakness in the pew, and it's and it's because we cannot without the Word of God we cannot know God. We cannot know, K-N-O-W. In fact, if there's no preaching of the word, we're saying N-O, no, God. So let's take a look at God for a few minutes, Curtis. Okay. Shall we? Let's look at God's character. Now, with regard to character, 
did your mom and dad raise you and your sister to have character? Was that the main thing that we taught? <laughs> Boy, was it ever. That's right. That's right. And we, when we saw you uh, <laughs> not exhibiting character with your tongue, with your behavior, or lack thereof, yeah. mm -hmm, we... We applied the... Uh, Let's not dwell. On yeah, that. all right. Okay. okay. We applied the... <laughs> I still have stripes to yeah. scream every yeah. time I think I, about I, it. I know it. And, and, and it, was good for, it was good for you. By the way, yeah, why don't we do that in the churches? Well, because that is too, that's extreme. That's too extreme. Well, but then there are churches that do it too much. Oh, oh, you're talking about legalistic. Legalistic churches, oh. for instance. Is, uh, yeah, yeah. So you mean you mean churches that excoriate women for wearing slacks? Oh dear. Well, we're going to get into that in 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 in, in the next church, part. Churches in, that, in, that won't let their male ad, high school athletes wear shorts. Oh. Make them wear sweatpants to play a basketball game for time. You mean those kinds of legalistic churches? That's the kind we're talking about, oh. and we'll go into more detail in uh, in, in a future uh, episode. And we're going to promise you, we're going to do this with love. But we've experienced a lot of these things. Oh yeah, firsthand. So, firsthand, yeah. So anyway, so let's let's talk about. We need to know God's character. God has character and it's impeccable and the first part of god's character is his love for god so loved the world that's right does that mean everybody curtis uh the world encompasses everybody in it every human being that ever was or ever will be or ever is now god so loved the world what, that he what, gave what, his only begotten son wait, wait a minute wait a minute all right i got a question Ask me Sorry, anything. you got to do it. <laughs> you, does that mean homosexuals? Oh, dear. Does God love them? He certainly does. Oh. How about, how about, um, let me, well, let's, let me about, just, let me just read. Who? Murderers. Yeah. And, and people that commit crime. I mean, he, he um, loves um, them too. Thieves. Me? Yeah. Thieves. Rapists. Rapists, murderers. He loves everybody. Yes. Even though he hates their sin. That's exactly right. First okay. John chapter four, verse four says he, God is love. He not, doesn't just do love. He is That's love. Right. He's the personification of love. Right. And he does. Yes. He does love everybody. Is everybody going to get saved? Well, no. There will always be rejectors of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sadly. So let me just say this. Do you know that one of the characteristics of God is anger? Oh, no. Well, I'm well. Aware. Oh, no, Dick, you're not going to tell us that. No, I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you what the psalmist said in God's word. In Psalm chapter 7, verse 11. The psalmist said this. I'm going to turn to it so I can get it exactly right. I've got it memorized, but I want to read it to you right from the pages because that's where we're speaking from in, in Psalm chapter 7, verse 11. It says this. The Lord is 
God judges the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every every day. No, let me ask you folks, you want to argue with God? See, that's a part of his character. Now, there are several other references to God being angry and God does get angry and he's angry with the wicked every day and he doesn't stop loving them. So, yeah, God, uh, God is angry with the wicked every day. And then there's a lot more things about this. Now, why aren't everybody giving, getting saved? Well, because God is inclusive with his love. God so loved the world. Mm-hmm. By the way, in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, it says, The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. That's Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Once more, you want to argue with God? Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even suggest it. But listen to what the word of God said. And pastors, this is the word that you should be preaching. Now, hasn't everybody gotten a good, clear message of the gospel? Uh, I don't know, but I can tell you this. I can tell you this, that, uh, um, and let me close with this. Turn in your Bibles to to chapter one of the book of Romans, okay? Chapter one of the book of Romans. And uh, then you want to get upset with God. I don't want to. Uh, we get cut off here, Pastor, for time. Okay. I just want to remind everybody that they can tune in for the next half hour. Well, sure. well, we'll start with a review and with Romans chapter one. So so let's close with, with a prayer, and then we'll go to our next half hour. Thank you, God, for this time you've given us. In Jesus' name.